0: Welcome, welcome to the IBN Livecast. This is your host, the Commission, better known as Ronnie Carlton. And I am joined by my identity confused <laughs> friend, IBS Jesus, or actually right. Lazy or Alice Sandridge, or uh Rodney Alan Sandridge, whatever name he's going by today.
1: I'm going as uh Jesus Christ today.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so we rarely get to start in your neck of the woods, which is baseball. We rarely get to have baseball as a headliner, at least this time of year. Your guy, <laughs> I don't know if he's a guy or not, but a guy you've always said is, is better than Bryce Harper, and he is. Mike Trout got a
1: record-breaking deal. What was your initial reaction? Wow. But not necessarily surprised. I mean, it's it's just one of those things that, again, um, sports have become very market-driven. Um if you got a guy like Bryce Harper getting paid $330 million, then then um, you got to pay um, Mike Trout whatever he wants. And the Angels were in a tough position because I'm 100% sure if they didn't make it something really ridiculous, he was on his way back home because he's always been vocal about playing in Philly and going back home to play closer to the people that he loves. So um, with Bryce making that, Open call for uh, Mike Trout to come join him. I think they felt pressured and and they basically went as high as possible. Uh, the guy's making four hundred and thirty something million dollars. Good God, that's a lot of money.
0: They people said half a billion, and I still scoffed at that because we're still seventy million short. But Mike, I thought maybe <laughs> he was three seventy five, four thirty. That's like a hundred more. Didn't Bryce get three thirty?
1: So that's a hundred million dollars. Yeah, Bryce got three thirty, and and it, it's crazy because um, prior to Bryce Harper, um, his his poor season last year statistically, uh, when he was coming off that MVP season, people were saying that Bryce was going to be the first four hundred million dollar player, and and he is a little younger than Trout, and had he continued with MVP level play, he most certainly would have gotten that on the market. But I mean, his numbers were not. Uh, that great last year, and, and it really dropped his value. I mean, we literally are talking about a $60 million swing for Bryce Harper based on his uh, his um, stats last year.
0: Somehow I think he'll be able to sleep tonight, but it is a big swing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. But how, how do we go from saying the market was depressed, like I guess what, in uh, summertime, Last couple—not some time the last couple, sometime, last couple of months, people have been saying the market is depressed. I guess winner. market is depressed. It took a long time to sign Bryce, and it took a long time. What's that other guy's name? Machado. Um, took uh, uh, time Machado. Time yeah. Machado, long time to sign Bryce. They were saying the market's depressed to two, three hundred million dollar contracts and a four hundred million dollar contract.
1: How do we get here? I really think that MLB is—they're uh, very good at keeping things uh secret. Uh, especially at the winter meetings. And I think what happened at the winter meetings was a lot of posturing by ownership and then uh, primarily Scott Boris and his uh, rival company that represented Nolan Arenado. With the news of Arenado getting an extension, I think that put a lot of things on hold because that was going to set the market, set the tone for the market. Now, originally going into this year, it was all about two players, basically Harper and Machado. Arenado is, a, is another young star that would be considered somebody that needs to be paid, uh, along with if Mookie Betts was on the market. It would have been the same kind of waiting game to kind of see who's going to set that line uh, for how much people are going to start getting paid. And I, and I think that's all it was. That's the reason why it took so long. Um, also, there are, there are some people uh, still who are against these 10-year contracts. But these guys who are getting 10-year contracts right now, or in Bryce's case, thirteen and stuff. They're about three, four years younger than we saw A Rod and uh, a couple other guys who got ten-year contracts get their contracts. A lot of the times we were seeing guys in their thirty, like early thirties, like barely thirty or thirty-one, getting a ten-year deal. These guys haven't hit twenty-nine yet, and they're getting ten, twelve-year deals. So, I mean, it's still a long term for uh, being on the hook for money, but it's not as as bad of a signing um, given how the market continues to rise. Who's the next guy? Is it Mookie Betts? The next guy, to big, oh, to big the biggest, Oh, it's most, next guy. Certainly Mookie Betts. It is most certainly Mookie Betts without a doubt. I have, I have no doubt in my mind that he'll continue to excel uh, when he's batting uh, in front of uh, JD Martinez and has that kind of boost around him. But I will go out on the limb and say he will not get that money from Boston. Hey, that's a lot. I, Do you
0: see anybody, let's say, in the next five years, topping Trout's salary, even if it's just per year?
1: Honestly, the only one I can really see is Mookie right now off the top of my head. Um, We got a guy in Atlanta, uh, Acuna, who's incredible and and has flash five-tool capability. Uh, If he continues to play the way that he's playing and gets his average above 290 consistently, um, he would have a chance to uh, to reach that uh, bank-breaking threshold, but people have to understand what the reason why guys like Mookie and Trout are getting paid is that they're basically legitimate five-tool players, which is like a gold star in um, in baseball. Like we, we haven't seen a lot of actual 5-2 players, uh, 5 tool players in this new generation in a long time. We've got guys who are 3-2, 4 tool maybe if you're lucky, but guys who can really do all five things uh, that are considered like you know essential to being a superstar in uh, Major League Baseball is, is great. I mean, Mike Trout is, is, hasn't hit 30 and he's already being talked about to, uh, in the same breath as Mickey Mantle. I mean, it's not an over-exaggeration. He's, he's extremely good at baseball, whether you like it or not. He is the best player. Um, so, Mookie is the the next one that I can see uh, with that type of potential. And then after that, uh, Acuna has, is the only one that I saw that flashed it last year. But there's still a lot of good athletes coming through uh, baseball. I know you scoff at that. But they are getting slimmer. They are getting faster. They are getting stronger. And they are um, changing the game. I gave
0: you a hard time. Early on in IBS, I've been I've been noticing less fatties in baseball. You know, I've, I've noticed y'all slim down a little bit. Got that uh, what do you call it? The keto diet. A lot of y'all must be on the keto diet. The <laughs> <baseball> <laughs> right. I respect y'all a little bit more as athletes. <laughs> uh, so a lot. Somebody else said this. I think the ghost of Chase said this in our group chat. Why? And, and I think it sometimes too. Baseball. The individual player, other than the pitcher, has the least amount of impact of, uh, what, the other couple of popular American sports. But why yeah. do they give out the most money, if that's the case?
1: I think people pay for for the threat. Um, they pay for the, the fact that, honestly, if anything sells in baseball, it's somebody that really can do all the five tools. They can make spectacular catches. They steal bases. They hit home runs. They hit in a high average. You know, they, they make all-star games. Um, I think they're selling or they're paying people like that because they do make them a lot of money. Like, people come to see Mike Trout, whether he's on the road or he's at home. People come to see Mike Trout. And the crazy thing about Mike Trout is personality-wise, he's really not that spectacular. I mean, the coolest but thing about he, him is that he calls he, he calls to the weather yeah, he calls it to the weather channel, but he he's a he's basically and and I I know some people might scoff at this, but personality-wise, he's like the Tim Duncan of baseball. He just does his job, and he does it really good. And he's fundamentally sound, and he happens to be a superior athlete, um, and and uh, a, a different type of build that we're used to seeing from superior athletes in baseball. So he's just he's just a fortunate guy. Now Mookie on the other hand, has personality. You see him at bowling uh, tournaments. You see him doing uh, videos, like doing spectacular things that are outside of his sport and everything. Mookie's got that uh, transcendent personality trait about him. And I think um, when it comes time for him to get paid, that's going to play a huge factor into uh, how much money he gets. So um, I think people are just paying for for the price of admission, basically. And I, and I, I really think that, When you look at baseball, you look at regional uh, popularity. Mike Trout has really helped the Anaheim Angels stay relevant in that in that area, based up against um, the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers got they got magic on their uh, group of people who, like I guess, the people who purchase. Yeah, he's he's recruiting people. You know, he's got a personality. Comes to the games. Uh, they had Puig, who was a personality. They got all these flashy young studs. Um, they're not necessarily the greatest players, but they get so much publicity. They've always been the cool kids. And then all the Angels ever really had was Mike Trout. So they, they, I think they just got backed into a corner, and they really liked the guy. And, again, he does nothing wrong, so they had to pay him no matter what. Other teams are not going to take that stance with people, though. Like we saw with what the uh, Nationals did with Bryce Harper. They were not going to break the bank. Uh, Manny Machado, great personality, um, kind of a douchebag, but still he he sold tickets. They loved him in Baltimore no matter what, and Baltimore was not having it. They were not going to break the bank for him.
0: So I want to transition because you said transcendent. I want to transition to a topic that I asked, and it's probably so far as the most popular, most commented on uh, question we asked in the group all week long or for the last week or so, and I basically said, because Zion is so transcendent, he's so popular, he gets so much attention. He's like a phenomenon. I said, what other college athletes were similar in <laughs> taking away the headlines from their pro counterparts being a star in college? Before we get to the worst answer, what what names
1: come <laughs> to mind for you? Um, I thought the Chris Webber uh, answer was very good. Um, and, and I think you added on to that just the Fab Five in general. I mean, yeah, they I were they the most popular. And and outside of the Fab Five, I mean, we saw the UNLV uh, team that was also very popular. And then um I wanted to add the Houston squad with Clyde Drexler, extremely popular. So they were high flyers.
0: It had to be pretty. You got Drexler on and a team on a team. I'm thinking you yeah. probably – <laughs> for a transcendent. And they called him Five a drama, so I'm imagining yeah, the death yeah. of the deal.
1: And I I was just thinking, I was trying to think outside the box, but it is really hard um for other sports, I think, to kind of catch on like basketball. Basketball's just always been like something cool. And I think a lot of it is because the the, the athletes are allowed to enter the pro arena at an earlier age than most other places. So there's excitement. There's more excitement uh, behind a, a Zion. Like if we had a Zion in football like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is incredible. He was a true freshman last year. He was incredible. But we know we're going to get at least two more years out of him. Like it's it's with the, like he's got to be there for two more years. But Zion can go to the NBA next year. And I think that's why we see so much excitement behind uh, younger basketball players uh, when know, they show up. The
0: I don't know because back in the day you had Leitner – you had, uh, you, like we just said, Fast slamma Jamma. You had Patrick Ewing. You had, uh, what's the other first people you said? The Fab Five. Well, they left early. But, like, it, it, I think it's more, too, basketball, it's just more popular. You get to meet people during the tournament, and it's easy for highlights. And they have, you have access in college football. You have access in college basketball. Whereas the other college sports, like college baseball or college golf, like somebody mm-hmm. tried to they just don't have <laughs>
1: the following that enough to be a superstar, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, and and if you think about it, there is no bigger stage to become a superstar in college sports than March Madness. It's just not. Exactly.
0: So yeah, uh, some other so, names were Randy Moss was, but it wasn't. I don't know. I'm kind not as big as some. One person said Greg. I don't Odin. think so. Rushing. It said Greg Oden, and I didn't like it, but Greg Oden was a big deal when he first came. I mean, obviously not on his on, but he
1: definitely was, huh? Him and Conley.
0: Yeah, they were big deals, you know, and they didn't yeah. work out like that. People thought Greg Oden was like the next coming. Uh, what's the yeah. other person we said? Oh, obviously, Reggie Bush is probably the biggest I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know if Zion ever got yeah. to this level. Reggie Bush was a man in college, a little bit Liner too. Red, I felt like Liner was I, like a ready-made superstar coming in too, and getting you know neither mean, one was rid of their expectations.
1: That team definitely uh, would be the poster child for college football, um, just because if you th- think about, like to me, one thing that always stood out about USC uh, and and the Liner area era and the Reggie Bush era was uh, just just the big play capability, man. And they were so cool doing it. And then you got uh, iconic uh, situations like the Bush push uh, that also put put them over yeah. media-wise. Like, they just replayed that over and over. I mean, it's called the Bush push, you know? Exactly. Like, when's the last time we, we've seen a, a collegiate player do something and he gets that name? Like, Moss didn't become a, a thing until he was an a NFL player. Yeah. But, like, Reggie Bush has got his own move in uh, – in um in uh, college. So, I mean, I mean, they're closer to Hollywood, and and it's just one of those things, like, they just were immediate darling.
0: And L.A. didn't have a pro team at the time, which I don't think it would even matter yeah. if it did now, because nobody yeah. cares about those pro teams. It mean, you want to bandwagon the rounds, but USC, they love USC. But I just want to hit that, because I heard that topic. Oh, and I'm going to leave Ian alone, but just Phil Mickelson answer. That was just, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Like, I
1: don't Ian, think people Ian's know my boy, but, or something's wrong with these people. I don't understand. Well, Ian's my boy and I appreciate all his enthusiasm with golf. Um but yeah, Phil Mickelson now uh, I got I definitely one hundred percent remember Tiger with his debut and everything hyped about Tiger, but not in college. It was just once he hit the pro yeah. scene, yeah. I don't oh, remember yeah. I didn't even know. What did he where did he go? Stanford? Stanford. But like that's stuff yeah, was what he like. Him, like was still yeah. <laughs> like, was that, uh, I don't on, think that was it? it was
0: Where ESPN was the only was. sport That was national like, And that was in the 90s And ESPN's trying to break on I mean they had darts and billiards on ESPN But I don't think they had college <laughs> I don't
1: nah, think they I've, had nev- I've never <laughs> so, I've never seen Collegiate golf unless they got Their web tour uh, card And they end up on one of these uh, Tournaments that I'm watching but I've never seen An actual collegiate golf tournament And I watch everything.
0: It's tough. It's tough to catch. It really is. So you can't be, I mean, you could be good, but what they didn't understand was that, what he didn't understand, it's not about being good. It's about being this transcendent talent and, well, transcendent talent and just catching the public's consciousness, you know, and that's what Zion has. That's what Reggie Bush had. That's what the Fab Five had. That's what UNLV had. It's like a combination that you're so good Everybody stops and says, "Oh my gosh, this kid is unbelievable." All right, Vic Chase says Vic, and I'm in Virginia, so maybe that's biased, but I, I think Vic was
1: close. He was close. Um, Michael Vick's the first athlete in college that I listened to on the radio. That's pretty exciting because <laughs> I, I always watch the games, but I never felt compelled to to skip out on church and listen on the radio to a game, but. I kid you not, it was a Thursday night, and I was out there in my dad's truck listening to Miami versus Tech uh, because I wanted to know about Michael Vick, and and I got in trouble for it later, but it was worth it. To me, it
0: was. (laughs) Yeah, he was was a big deal, especially around here, but I think naturally people respected him, and they knew who he was Mm -hmm. and knew how exciting he was. I never thought he'd be the number one pick, but
1: he just gained so much traction. Yeah, and and you know we're talking about transcendent stars. It's gonna be real easy for guys to transcend nowadays because of social media. I mean, we knew about Zion when he was sixteen. Like everybody yeah. knew about his dunks. I mean, it was on rotation to the to the point where people didn't even think he could actually play basketball. They thought all he could do was dunk. And I mean, obviously we see that that they're wrong about that. But I mean, we knew about this kid way before. Uh, who's the other boy? Was it Seven Woods? Uh, that's on North Carolina, another another kid who was a a YouTube, like, darling, like YouTube, uh, just anything trending. Uh, Like, I know the one boy who who did the dunk. Uh, There's another one where the boy did the dunk with the kid standing underneath the rim, and he dunks on him, and everybody goes crazy. That kid's a baseball player, and that came up during his – he played in the Futures game, and it came up during the Futures game about his athleticism, and that one video kept circulating – uh, on the telecast, and it's like people know him even before he actually goes pro in a sport that he's not even with. He's played football, basketball, everything, and people know him because of that uh, one vine dunk. So it's the same with uh, Zion. So imagine what it would have been like in the 80s if they had social media with some of those dudes coming through. Like the Fab Five. If the Fab Five had Twitter, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, it'd be wild. I think they would have been suspended, but uh... – Oh, for <laughs> it'd sure. <be> <laughs> wow. UNLV, they would have got caught. There would have be been all kinds of stuff with UNLV. Like, they were in hot tubs mm-hmm. with boosters. You know they just weren't in hot tubs with boosters. You know extra things came along with that kind of thing. So. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. So March Madness, I, 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 before we get into deep in the tournament, I want to tell you why, and I keep wanting to write the last couple of years, and I may get it done, tomorrow. I keep wanting to write an article called, March isn't mad for me anymore because I've Mm -hmm. lost some of my love for college basketball just because of what what we just were talking about. The Fab Five, the UNLV, the Duke team with Leitner and Grand Hill, Georgetown, Five Slamma Jamma, like uh, the Tar Heel team with Jamison and and Vince Carter. Uh, Rasheed Wallace was in Dagon College at one point with Jared Stackhouse. Like you had grown men In their second and third, sometimes fourth year playing. And now, not only is the familiarity gone because they're gone so well, gone, but like the skill and the athleticism generally and the strength is not there. And that's what I miss. I can't, I like it and I watch college basketball if it's on, but, and I'm definitely gonna follow the tournament, but I just can't. I don't know. It's like going to your parents' house and your parents have moved, but it's still your parents' house, but it's not. It's not the room you grow up in. you know. It, it, it's a new house, and you're in the guest room, not your room.
1: That's how I feel about it. I think some of it has to do with the way these kids are coming up in sports nowadays. Um, I, haven't, I have not sat down and watched the AAU uh, game, <laughs> but a lot of the things I hear about AAU ball and, and just the way that people are doing it nowadays, there's less emphasis on skills. Uh, people who, if they're athletic, that's how they get by. If they can always drive by a guy going right, that's what they do. And then when you get to a larger scale and you expand more, when you're not local anymore, I think we've talked about this before, um, but when you're not the local hero anymore and you got to go against kids from down the street and stuff like that, then you see that people can stop that one move that you always have. And then we find out what somebody's made of. And a lot of times we're not seeing that until these kids get – um, at the next level. Case in point, Cam Reddish was the third best uh, player in last year's class. Cam Reddish is a is he's a dud, man. He's a dud. I just call it what it is. He's a dud. I don't want to call a kid trash. Um, and I and I still think there's high hopes for him at the NBA level based off his uh his skill set that he's yet to tap in and in his build. But you're on a team where you're the he's the best three point shooter on that team coming into the, to the season. And you would not know that based off how he plays. He had, he doesn't know what to do. Uh, he, he forces too much and he looks like he's really never played basketball before. Your and problem, it, and that. it's crazy. Yeah. And he's a kid that needs to stay at least two more years, but he's going to go and he's still going to get picked up in the lottery somewhere, even though he's had a terrible year. But like, uh, you know, you, you make a point, you know, we, we don't have the the high level of skill anymore. And I think it's also like that in the NBA, too. Like A lot of our, our superstars are, are flawed individuals. Am I right? Like The guys that we, we like nowadays, are, or the people who are the best of the best nowadays, they come with a lot of flaws. I don't know if, if it's because we're seeing it as adults, but growing up, I don't remember people being necessarily as flawed. Like the Fab Five and, and, and even the Duke teams with Christian Laitner and stuff, yeah, they had role players and everything, but the guys didn't look so helpless all the time, and I, I see a whole lot of helplessness with college uh, basketball today.
0: You I mean, if you think about it, you got three years to prepared to teach you. If you got three years from Roy Williams or Coach K to teach you, you're going to be better at basketball than having six months for him to teach you. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think the game and stuff. I think March Madness is always going to be fun, but. I just I, I I'm not into it as much as I used to be. Now when tournament starts, it'll be fun. I gotta learn these people's names and learn. You know where it used to be, I knew everybody basically, even the small teams. I know you do for gambling, but I just don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't do it. So
1: I mean, I'd be alive. Fairly, if I told you I knew fairly. I would say I'd be alive. If I told you I knew fairly Dickinson and Prairie View. <laughs> okay, that's- Prayer View used to have like the
0: longest losing streak in the history of sports. I think that was their football team, <laughs> Oh, maybe Prayer View A and I don't even know if there's a difference between Prayer View and Prayer View A and M. But uh, yeah. I know they had a really bad losing streak. So when you look at the tournament, let's look at it from a handicapping perspective. How do you approach that?
1: From a from a what perspective?
0: Handicapping gambling perspective.
1: Um. So I. I would approach it like I kind of approach golf. And the way I do golf is um, because golf tournaments are are huge um, in regards of how many people are in and and the odds of people winning. So I would take tier one teams, which would be our our four number ones, UVA, North Carolina, Gonzaga, and Duke. Um, If I want to put a large amount of money or bet on one of them to win, I think Duke is the best bet out of those four. Now, the odds of, of us getting two one-seeds is kind of high this year because of the way people feel about North Carolina. But knowing what I know about North Carolina and how they play down to the people, they're going to run into some ruts in their bracket because they got Tennessee, they've got Kentucky. They're bound to play uh, one of those teams, and, and I think the, one of those teams will catch them slipping. So um, I would take Duke, um, and then I would look at my Tier 2 teams, which would be my two my – Number two number through two, like number five ranked teams. I've been very high on Tennessee all year, despite some of their shortcomings. Um, so I liked Tennessee. I would I would have put a little bit of money on them to come out that side of the bracket, as well as Kentucky uh, over um, over say like a North Carolina. And then you go for long shots. You got second tier long shots uh, like like a Marquette who who has the talent to make it. They just need a little bit of luck. Um, and then maybe, you know, catch a Virginia Tech in the final four or something like that, depending on how the bracket plays out. But I don't I don't really believe in taking teams that are like twenty to one, thirty to one to, to win uh March Madness. If I can find something like um a VCU to get to the sweet sixteen type prop, I would jump on that before I take V C U to, to win the actual championship or go to the final four. I just think that a lot of people uh pay Vegas by being unrealistic around this time of year, but what
0: um just getting off of that a little bit, what's your bracket strategy uh, assuming that you i'm assuming that you do brackets but uh what, what generally is your strategy for brackets?
1: I am actually terrible at brackets, like I'm terrible at d f s for some reason um but but my my usual strategy uh that I take is that um I go by the first round. I go about who I think is going to win, and then when we get to those 12 and 5s where historically we see the 12 uh, give 5s trouble, I look for the most vulnerable 5 seed. Um, I think this year's most vulnerable 5 seed is um, is Wisconsin, and they've got a tough matchup against Oregon, who's, who's been a team that's been hot. Uh, they, they grind out wins, but they, they grind out wins with uh, an efficient offense, which makes it very tricky to cap. Because you look at some of their games and the scores are like 64 to like 55 and you think, oh, they can't shoot. In actuality, they shoot very well. They're very efficient offensively, but they grind teams. They, they throw the ball down. They move the ball around. They take high-quality shots, and it's misleading. And a team like uh, Wisconsin, who doesn't have a lot of shot creators, um, they're a team that's, that's going to fall prey to a team like uh, Oregon, who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Who plays good defense and can outshoot them? Um, I think when you know things like that, going into some of the early matchups, it can really save your bracket. Um, after I get past the Sweet 16, to me, it just becomes a, a matter of who's got the best backcourt. Um, I can I can ride a superstar until the Final Four. I think so. If you got a really good stud player um, like Zion, I can I think I can depend on Zion Williamson to get me to the Final Four this year. Uh, based off of where he is in the bracket. Now, after that, then it becomes um, a, a, a question of which is the more quality team. And by that, I mean who's got it all together in regards of, um, I would say, efficient play. Efficiency is very key because at this point people are getting tired. They're going to get sloppy. So who doesn't turn the ball over? Who converts off of those turnovers? And then um, at the end, it's just a matter of who you think is the best team. Right. R.
0: Sorry, that's some sort of.
1: Some background computer.
0: Go ahead. But yeah, that was saying that
1: was my. I was yeah, I was done. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how mm-hmm. I
0: uh, I look at it too. We had a couple of things we haven't talked about the NFL yet, which is amazing because NFL you just takes all the uh the big news. When you heard about the Odell Beckham uh news,
1: how on a scale of one to ten, how stupid are the Giants? I say at least an eight, man. <laughs> I um now that I think about it, I think we did talk about, about this last time, but we didn't talk oh, right. about it like in super yeah. detail. But um I um I really think that the the Giants are stupid by putting their faith in the guy who showed them Every single sign that he's declining and, and on his way out and that's Eli Manning. Like taking Odell away from Eli is is just ridiculous. You didn't even have to post the little stats. I think you show where Odell makes him better. It's so obvious on game film that it's it's just sad they would put him in this situation at the twilight of his career. And then um it doesn't help Saquon, it doesn't help whatever quarterback they're gonna bring in after Eli. They they basically kind of have to start all over again, and, and it's unfortunate that Gettleman is so stubborn, it seems, to to not want to just admit that Eli's just not Eli anymore. I mean, the the Broncos did that with Peyton. Peyton was 100 times better than Eli, and when Peyton was old noodle-armed Peyton, they just said, well, we got a noodle-armed quarterback. We're going to stock up on defense, and we're going to keep the weapons around him to help him but we're also going to get back to what makes us a good team, and that's running the ball and controlling the clock. And uh, the Giants don't seem to have any kind of game plan. They just seem to be like, well, people think Eli's not going to going to do well. well we're going to show them, and they're just leaving just I Eli. Understand. I don't understand the thought process
0: because is new, but they were ready to bench Eli with uh, McAdoo, and granted Gelliman wasn't there, but the ownership of everything was okay with it until, they over, until the fan base reacted. But it was time to move on. It was time to see what you had, even if it was Geno or the kid from Richmond or whatever. It was time to do that Mm -hmm. or almost a tank. But now, even now, if you keep Eli, you get Haskins or some, you get Locke or you get Haskins, one of those young quarterbacks. You have Saquon, you have OBJ, so you got something to build on. But I don't think they have any kind of uh, plan as far as team building goes. You go out and get Golden Tate after that. It's like they want to rebuild, but at the same time, they don't want to be so bad. And I don't understand why you were paying $1 million last year. Nothing's changed. Then you trade him. I I, I think they're lost. I really think they're lost. And Gettleman is Gettleman for a reason. I was surprised they hired him after kind of how it went in Carolina. But I don't see him there in two years.
1: I mean, I was, I was really shocked about that, too. I, I thought that there was no way – that they would waste that money um, that they did in that extension. Because it was a big ordeal getting him extended, and then he ended up being hurt anyway for most of the year. But I just didn't think there was any way they would trade him after they made that deal with him. I felt like they did that to create cap space, to make moves, to build around him and and the future quarterback or him and Saquon. But um, it really sucks that Saquon's best receiver is now in Cleveland. And this is what Gettleman said about Eli – this narrative
0: that Eli's overpaid and can't play is a crock. The way he finished the season <laughs> and what he was making, there wasn't really a decision to make. Like, I, I, I don't know what evaluation he leads the league in interceptions over the last, since like 2012. He generally, for pro football focus, has the most uh, turnover-worthy plays. People blame it on the line, but it's, it's mostly just Eli's inaccuracy, inability to read the defense, and declining skills in general.
1: Yeah, and I want to reiterate that I intentionally said Saquon because he was a better quarterback than Eli last year. Um, oh, and I also want to say that oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to say that uh, we we all see. I know for a fact we all because if I have access to it, he has access to it. But the data showing how clean, um, how many clean pockets Eli had and how inefficient he was even with a clean pocket. So it's not the offensive line. He got a running back that could actually take a lot of uh, pressure off of him. And people were actually stacking the box to stop uh, Saquon, even though he was a rookie. They were actually giving him the respect that he deserved, and Eli still couldn't make them pay because he was inaccurate.
0: Yeah, I just – anybody that's there – we had a new dude on the page – that's defending Eli. It's like, man, we've already, this is settled science in my l <laughs> board. We've already covered the Eli stuff. Don't tell me about a Super Bowl that happened what, 2011, 2007, 2008, those two Super Bowls. That's a long time ago, and he is no Tom Brady. But speaking of no yes. Tom Brady, that's a great ah. Uh Miami evidently is going with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a two-year, $11 million deal that could get to 17 to $20 million. Fit Magic is fit magic going to continue in Tampa Bay?
1: Is Fitz tragic? Why do people keep doing this? I I can't even. He's played on so many teams. It's hard for me to name all of them. But at no point has he ever been more than a nine win quarterback, in in his best years, I still laugh. At the the photo of uh, the center and uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, remember when they were making a big deal about getting Ryan Fitzpatrick back in in New York for the Jets? Like uh-huh. the players were really mad because they got rid of him.
0: And, almost, I, and I'm
1: pretty sure I was. They, they almost, took almost a, like five interceptions in the make a break game, but they still wanted yeah. it back. And and I'm pretty sure I was on record saying like, why this dude is trash? And people was like, he's not trash and this and that, and I'm like, dude, he's always been who we who we see. He hasn't changed in his career. He's always been this guy, and I don't know why people invest in this guy. He's not going to get you anywhere. I mean, if the Dolphins are telling me this is just, just a waste of time and they're going to bring in a, a rookie quarterback to sit behind them, then that's fine, but they're going to have to start that quarterback in, in probably nine games.
0: I've always liked this magic. Um, Trash. He's trashed most of the season. He'll give you four really good games, three okay games, and then how many we got left after that? (laughs) We got nine. (laughs) I think we got uh, nine really bad games or nine mediocre games. And so you just got to ride the wave while you can. But he's done this thing where he's taken a lead by storm for like three or four weeks, several times. And then it's always, ends the same way. So you know, it is what it is. But I don't blame people for giving him jobs. He's still better than Forty percent of the quarterbacks in the league down backup. So, you know, yeah is, I just don't want to hear the of the I bl-
1: people.
0: That ship is sailed. People need to shut up.
1: <laughs> I mean I blame I blame people uh for believing he he'll be any better but yeah, this this Kaepernick thing in Miami is dead. I, I need people to realize that he can never play in Miami. He should never go visit Miami after what he said about uh, Castro. So, it Castro Castro is what it is. That not, not yeah. intelligent
0: on any not any level. The one team that might have taken him, he definitely alienated the the most mm-hmm. uh, the biggest population of Cubans in the whole country, and the Cubans there are fleeing Fidel Castro. Or fled Fidel Castro, or their parents and grandparents fled Fidel Castro. So, mm. not the place where you want to wear a Fidel Castro t shirt or hat or whatever the hell he did.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh We might have covered anything else football to talk about. Um, Oh, we didn't talk about my homie OG Bobby Kraft, bro. Oh, yeah, Bob Kraft. People are getting upset, or I don't know, if they're trying
0: to I don't know, everybody hates rich people now. Why does everybody hate rich people? Like I thought you were supposed they to hate, hate to be rich. But anyway, they Becky and Felicity Huffman. And we got the kids into college. Well, how else do you think all these kids get into college? You think they're just getting in just on their grades after these people, going to these really expensive schools? I'm sure it's all the meritocracy. No. No alumnus or anything like that is helping their child get into college or anything. But anyway, uh Bob looks like he's gonna get off with a slap on the wrist if that he has to admit that he could have been convicted. But if he does that, they will uh drop the charges if he takes some uh classes about how awful prostitution is.
1: So let me explain something to people who might be listening who might be listening to this later. If you're in this situation, you're Robert Kraft. I understand your pride is going to be be hurt a little bit because you want to you don't want to admit that you did this. You want to fight it. Listen, reading what I read, there is without a doubt 100% factual evidence placing him at that place, placing him at that place while these activities were going on. Now. If you're Robert Kraft and your attorneys come to you with this, I guarantee you they're gonna tell you, just take this deal. You know why? Because if you don't and this trial goes through, it's gonna be public, and they're gonna know about every little thing you did. Every little thing. So if you know for a fact you got, you know, a little something something at the at the little uh shop, they're gonna know in details about this hand job and all this stuff. They had it on camera, man. They had cameras there. They're gonna show that in court. That's going to be evidence presented, and it's public knowledge. So just just spare yourself the embarrassment of this going public and dragging out and getting more publicity than it needs, and just take the slap on the wrist. And to the people who say, "Oh, that's money for you," I make like one tenth of a one hundred of what Robert Kraft makes, and they would do that for me. They would offer me a deal. I'm, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, I'm going to spend a couple weekends in jail. They're not going and, to and pay a fine. They're not going to, you know, if you have no priors, they're not going to lock you up for a nonviolent misdemeanor. That's just not how the law works, even for black people, believe it or not. It's just not how it works.
0: Yeah, so you're not going to jail for a happy ending. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I don't know what PCS yeah. wanted, but that's probably not how it works. You know how full the jails would be if <laughs> everybody's going to jail
1: yeah.
0: for a happy ending?
1: And and then too, you got to think about it. They're looking for sex trafficking, and the fact that you're in there getting a happy ending, there's no sex trafficking. They're just relieved.
0: <laughs> they're, yeah, exactly. they're
1: not really looking you know, to bust the you. That
0: mix of the sex trafficking that they claim was going on there, you don't you, you don't want your name associated with that. Just take the deal no and get out. Bad enough they tried to split, smear him when it was obvious he was doing he was like not involved in the sex trafficking aspect. Even I still think the sex trafficking thing is kind of. Shaky when the whole thing is run by women. I, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm not sure if you let that case bear out how much sex trafficking is actually
1: going on. But
0: I digress. And
1: uh, and I want to point guess, out too before we, before we switch subjects, I want to point out too that um, his his attorney probably needs to let him know too that in the grand scheme of things, settling this will will not put him in the crosshairs of Congress. Because I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Congress wants to talk to the uh, owner who took the selfie with Trump about her uh, dealings with Trump and stuff like that. And I know th- I don't know if you know this or not, but there have been whispers that Trump might have been involved or one of Trump people might have been involved uh, in that shady business down there. Uh, and I know people probably rolling their eyes. But either way, you don't want to be involved in all this stuff if you're Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft keeps a pretty low profile for the most part. Um, and he's got football to to worry about, and I don't think he wants to be involved in all this nonsense.
0: I'm just glad he didn't take Tom or Belichick. That would have been even worse. <laughs> I Tom would do it too, but
1: Tom. Is, Tom could.
0: a beast, man. It's Tom potential.
1: a beast. It's Tom potential. cheated on his pregnant wife. Cheated on his pregnant wife, and what does God do? Blesses him with more Super Bowls. What he? What a world, man. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I think he's uh an attack with the devil or something.
1: So what
0: happened? <laughs> Monday. I think Monday it seems like this week is already uh, pretty far into it. But uh, we had a former Pittsburgh Steeler running back. Never heard of him. He's basically a nobody. But he said that a couple years ago, Ben Roethlisberger didn't like the fact that his team didn't kneel down. Todd Haley was office coordinator. As we all know, Ben Roethlisberger hated Todd Haley. And that's the reason why Todd Haley's not there. And Ben Roethlisberger fumbled on purpose.
1: To prove a point to Todd Haley. Well, <laughs> you know what though, I know I believe it. I really do. I believe it. I believe it for the simple fact that I know Ben Roethlisberger hated Todd Haley that much. I think that was public knowledge to everybody. And then the fact that he was right he, in, in pointing out the reaction of the players who were so very puzzled as to why they were running a ball, running the ball. And the fact that we've never seen a fullback fumble the football on a handoff in life because they get that thing with two hands, like a little kid and secure it because they only get, like you said, a carry a game. That one carry you're supposed to get, you'll never forget that because you only get four out of the whole year. And, th- and those handoffs never fumble. They're just too quick to fumble. It's, it's, like you literally have to not know that it's coming for it to fumble. And that's honestly what it looked like. And I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I really think Ben Roethlisberger is that type of person. I really do.
0: And that's a lot of the thing that's a problem with Pittsburgh. And I know Ben is a problem, but I think it's even worse. Because you know Tommy doesn't have the leadership. But the whole franchise is saying, including the general manager, is saying that Ben has the juice. If we're going to take it from a movie reference, Ben has the juice. Everybody else is a little kid, and Ben is the adult. So if you give the the keys to the older sibling and the older sibling is just as immature as
1: the rest of the kids in the house, you
0: got chaos.
1: hmm I I mean I agree. I mean, and in these situations, I mean we you have said it a couple times that the the attitude of the team, the behavior of the team reflects leadership, and, and we point more to uh, Tomlin, but I mean Ben. ben Ben's part of the old guard. Ben was there with, with Cower, was there he was there with Bettis, he was there with Hans Ward. Like he should have more respect and control in the organization, especially with his teammates. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the with the general manager um or with the team having that stance that Ben is is the guy, he can do what he wants. I do have a problem with them verbalizing that to the players and to the media and to Ben himself. Uh, I don't think he should know that. You shouldn't tell him that or empower him in that way because now you you just created another monster. This is exactly what they did with AB, basically, and what they did with Le'Veon. They empowered him too much, and then Ben's kind of trying to to pull back control in the reins, and and it's just created dysfunction, and now you're in a situation where you're you're basically picking who your favorite child is.
0: Yeah, the Pittsburgh is just a mess. I don't see how... They get any better. Ben, A, is not that great for all of this. I've seen Ben blow it many times and then he puts everybody under the bus. B, the chemistry and the – just how is that team going to feel? We probably had the best running back and the best receiver, and they basically choose not to, in a hostile way, choose not to be part of the organization anymore. How are you going to walk into that locker room and everybody's happy next year?
1: The only person who's going to be happy is Juju, because <laughs> he's, he's about to, to get the paid. Out. He's the, real he's quick. The Only offensive
0: Yeah, exactly. So he's going to get paid, and he's going to get the ball out real quick. Mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel signs with the AFF. I believe he's taking Mecklerberger's place because he was hurt. I think that team. Did that team also have uh, Hackenberg, or is that i do not You're the AFF expert.
1: It is the greatest uh, collection of dysfunction in the history of sports. Hackenberg, Mecklenburg, coached by Mike Singletary. What could possibly go wrong?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a mess. That that's that's quite the mess of a team. Does the team have a good record? Or are they just they're horrible?
1: What? It's exactly what you would expect. <laughs> they can't <laughs> score. They don't play defense, and they just look like they've never played football before. They're terrible. They might have one win, but they're terrible. Yeah, I just don't.
0: I don't know why Johnny Manziel. Well, I do know he's got a kid playing, but I'm not sure if I feel sorry for him. He's always been an asshole. I know they said he was, you know, had substance abuse, but some some junkies addicts are fun. Like he's he's. I mean, I don't know. He's <laughs> really a jerk. might be fun on the field, but he's just a jerk. I've never liked him. I I I don't root for him. Everybody's like, you got to root for him. No, I don't have to root for him. He, he's a punk. I don't like him. So I don't root for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care what his abuse. I don't know that man. <laughs> he can get clean or not. <laughs> it's not on my back.
1: I just, I mean, I just can't feel sorry for people who are given so many chances and, and still continue to ruin it. So, same same stance I have with Josh Gordon. I don't wish any ill on him, but I'm not gonna keep feeling sorry for you. This is a waste of my my time.
0: Yeah. All right. So last but certainly not least. A fun thing we try to do at the uh, end of every show, like something for current event, something that's gone viral. So for people that don't know, uh, the New Zealand shooting, obviously a really horrible thing. An Australian senator, or just congressman, politician, whatever, said some horrible things. To put it short, he basically said that Islam was horrible. You can make your own opinion about that. But he basically said that even though they're the victims now, he did say this. That usually they're the perpetrators and he blamed all of this on the Muslims and Islam and basically said this shooting was in retaliation for everything they do so as horrible as that is we have a hero in my, in my Mariah Carey voice and a hero comes along <laughs> and he egged this old man or it more than an egg cause he, I mean he didn't just egg him he slammed the egg on his head and you can take it from there
1: Yeah, and and at this point, it's where I, like, the professional in me, um, I had to tell a kid today that him defending his brother uh, and beating up another kid was wrong, but the person in me, like, the normal person off, clocked out, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, I honestly had no sympathy for the senator. I I thought it was was spot on, man. Like, he deserved that. He deserved to be egged upside the head, because... Like he that what he said was just stupid, man. It's just stupid. There is no um there's no justification for harming innocent people. I don't care who you are. There's just no justification for it. So I mean if you got beef with me, you come after me. You don't hurt the people that's just standing there. I think that's just ridiculous. Um so I didn't have a problem with the kid egging him. Um I know that there was already like uh people trying to pay the kids' bail and stuff. I'm sure he'll be taken care of. I would not recommend people doing that to Trump, however, because the way we <laughs> handle things in America is totally different. Totally different. Yeah, I, I know, I, know I, saw some comments, I saw some comments of people being like, yeah, we can do that to Trump. Yeah, well, you mess with the Secret Service if you want to. I will cheer you on from the sidelines, okay? I'm not doing that. <laughs> funny
0: thing in that. The funny thing on that video, definitely wasn't rooting for the Islamophobic uh, dude, but he threw, this man was in his sixties, and he threw hands. When he got egg, he yeah. threw some hands. <laughs> he wasn't playing around.
1: Yeah, and I always, I always laugh because I'm like, it should never happen that when somebody, like somebody get that close to a public official and the official is able to make contact with this person before his bodyguards are. Yeah, like that, saying, that's
0: bad. He hit the board, but he threw a two-piece to board and then they scuffled a little bit. Then finally security got there. I'm not even sure if it was security or just supporters, but he... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was interesting. I didn't want to see the boy get beat, but the second uh, when that guy turned around, he just became some punk kid. because He was a hero yeah. in his head, but he just became a punk yeah. kid when he turned around. <laughs> uh, you got any yes. parting shots before we go?
1: Um, no, I'm watching uh, watching basketball. Um, I guess if I had a parting shot, I would take it at Dirk Nowinski and this Silly, drawn-out, swan song. Dirk should have retired 15 years ago. He's so old. I don't want them getting kudos for passing Will Chamberlain when he's playing two minutes of wanna, freaking game. Trying, yeah, to, trying to get his paper forward and passing the GOAT. Yeah, that, that's not an achievement. And, and I made the Toss-Up Tuesday thing comparing him to Emmitt Smith. It's the same kind of pitiful limp to the finish line. Just enjoy your swan song. Do your wave right. at the end of every I game. But no, I, don't, I don't think things like that should be – I don't think things like that should be celebrated for these guys who, who just get it because of longevity.
0: Yeah. I think it's kind of, yeah. A lot of these guys are passing on will on longevity. I wish Will had played long enough, but he didn't want to dishonor himself. I mean, stop, but and I don't get me started on a wilt rant. But yeah, these little longevity <laughs> awards. And just to get off my old man rant, like when I was a kid, we didn't celebrate getting to number six or even getting to number four. Like we celebrated Kareem getting to number one. He had a going away party. Carl no, Malone nobody even mentioned that he was number two they still don't so <laughs> and when Jordan poor passed, poor Malone is no love bro.
1: what'd you say so poor Malone is no love
0: no love on the ringer page they say Dirk is better than Malone I'm like how oh. how like Malone <laughs> the whole era was first team all NBA I just I I, I don't know what's wrong with these people but uh uh, next week, hopefully, we'll have some callers. I'll try to advertise it sooner. You Basically, i do it like at 7 o'clock to get these guys a call. But uh, you guys can always call in uh, at the number. Also, support our stuff. You can do MyBookie.com. You can become an all-star. You can play draft. There's lots of stuff. If you follow the page, you know. Until next week, we'll see you. I'm out.